Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today, I would like to preach about the word, about your mouth and your tongue. And I believe that this is one of the key teaching that will help you to avoid problems in the future. How many people agree that we have problem with our tongue sometimes? How many people agree that we have problem with our tongue many times? Not sometimes. So in the next few weeks, I will talk about what we should do with our tongues as believers. And we need to grow in this area. The Bible says clearly that right words will bless our life. And wrong words will bring so many problems. And you know that a lot of problems in the world now are connected to tongues or to words. And whatever you say, you will reap it. Whatever you say, it's going to impact your future. And you may say, you know, I don't care. I say whatever I want. I don't care what's going to happen in the future. But I want to tell you the truth that whatever you say, eventually you're going to live according to what you say next day, next month, or next year. You're going to have to pay the price of what you say. So that's why it's good to learn about words, about what to say. The first thing I want to talk about is not to gossip, not to judge, and not to criticize. Everyone saying, no gossiping, no judging, no critical words. Actually, the Apostle Paul say in the Bible that don't judge. When he said don't judge, what does it mean? It means that we don't judge the hearts of people. We can judge sin, but we don't judge sinners. The Bible says we hate sin and love sinners. Amen? This is the human problem, human nature. We tend to judge people and write people off and start to keep thinking about how bad they are. In fact, when I talk about no judgment or no judging, I don't mean that we will entertain sin in the church. I don't mean that you don't care or you don't see the wrong and the right, what is right and what is wrong in the eyes of God, and you say, whatever, I don't care. I don't mean that when people do wrong, and you just ignore and don't deal with it to save that person from calamity or the judgment from God. Because if you go that direction, mean it's not my business. People can do whatever they want. You are on the extreme on one side. So I don't want you to go to that extreme. But we need to understand when the Bible says, don't judge, don't condemn, don't criticize what it means. It means that we judge sin. We know what is right, what is wrong. But we don't judge people around us, especially unbelievers outside the church. In fact, we are not here to judge anybody outside the church. We are taking care of the church that we are under. We are taking care of our own family. I have no right to judge any husband out of my house. I have responsibility in my own house and in my own church. I'm not going to judge other churches and judge people outside the church because it's not my responsibility to deal with them. Amen? So we judge sin and we don't judge the hearts of people. Sometimes 
what happens is that we tend to judge people, and then we begin to have the no, religious nose up and look down on people around us, and we tend to have the attitude, the negative attitude against those people, and we write them off from our book, and we don't want to talk to them anymore. That is not the way of God. You remember Jesus on the cross? He prayed, "Father in heaven, please forgive them." Because they don't know what they are doing, so Jesus knew that those people who crucified him did not understand that they were sinning against God. He judged their sin, but he did not judge them. A lot of time, when we judge some people harshly and critically, we don't know that actually they are deceived by the enemy. Listen carefully. We tend to judge people who are deceived by the enemy. Our enemy is not them. The enemy is the devil and demons. But we judge people and take them as our enemy. We consider them as our enemy, but they believe in the lie. So we have to be careful not to judge anybody. What we need to do when we see people sin, when people make mistake, instead of judging them, criticizing them, condemning them. Gossiping about them, what we should do is to pray for that person, and not only that, we should set a good example to these people. Set good example to them. Maybe all the days of their life they never see good example. Some people grow up in the home that never see a godly father. The father may be flirting with some woman, maybe drink alcohol. So those kids grow up to be a young man without seeing a good example. Instead of judging those young people, we should be example. We should show them what is the right way to live, and we should pray for them. Amen. We should set a solid example, very stable faith. We walk in stability. We walk in the way of Jesus Christ until when they see it with their own eyes and they understand, wow! If God can change you, God can change me, and they will begin to accept. What God offers to them, instead of running away and never being restored, the Bible says that we should love people who make mistake, who are weaker than you, and help them restore them with the spirit of gentleness and of love. Amen. Don't turn against sinner. Don't turn against people. We turn against the devil. We turn against sin, but not against sinner. Amen. Let's look at what the Bible says. How many people want your prayer to be answered? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have powerful prayer life? Whatever you say, God answer you. I want to be that kind, and I don't want to waste my time. I'm gonna sit down and pray. I want God to answer me, and if I don't get the answer, I need to find out very fast why God doesn't answer me. And there are many reasons why God doesn't answer. Maybe your prayer is not according to the will of God. Maybe you don't pray by faith. But I want to read scripture to show you one of the reasons our prayer are not answered. Isaiah 58 verse 9. I read from Amplified Bible. Isaiah 58 verse 9. Then you shall call, mean pray. You call God, and the Lord will answer. The Bible says we call, we pray, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and He will say, Here I am. So God said, "I promise you, if you pray and you call to me, I will answer you, if there is a condition. 
In order to get the answer of your prayer, you need to fulfill this condition. There are two conditions here, but I want to emphasize only one of them. If you take away from your midst jokes of oppression wherever you find them. In other words, in the community, when you see somebody in trouble, have oppression, maybe demonic oppression, maybe financial oppression, you together help that person with love. Instead of judging, point finger, oh, you should go work more than this, you should do this. If you judge people, God will not answer your prayer. God say, help people who are in need. Help people who are under oppression. Fast and pray for them. Look at the second condition. Number one, walking in love to help people who are under oppression. Number two, the second condition, the finger pointed in scorn toward the oppressed or the godly. And every form of false, harsh, unjust, and wicked speaking. Many people, the prayer never get answered. Their prayer never get answered because they love to point finger, judge other people. They don't watch their mouth. They speak unjust word, criticism, condemning, gossiping without mercy and without grace to people. You see the point? Do you want your prayer to get answered? Stop doing Stop doing one thing, pointing finger, judging, criticizing. And two, stretch out your hand to help those who are oppressed. You know, we're going to always have the poor in the church. We will always have somebody who gets into trouble in the church. Instead of write you off, you're such a weak Christian. Get out of here. You should put your hand and help those who are in need. Those who are being oppressed by the enemy. And then your prayer will get answered rapidly. Amen? Amen. Watch your mouth. Sometime we pray on Sunday. Sunday morning we pray, Oh God, help my son, help my daughter, help my grandchildren, get a job for me. But Monday to Saturday, we mix our prayer with our same mouth and the same tongue with gossiping, talking bad, criticizing people, attacking people, condemning people with our mouth all the time. That will dilute your prayer on Sunday and in the care group day. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, read from Amplified Bible. Do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemn yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure you use to deal out to others, it will be dealt out again to you. Why do you stare from without at the very small particle that is in your brother's eyes, but do not become aware of and consider the beam of timber that is in your eye. This is the problem. The Lord knows about the human nature. Why do we worry about the little dust in other people's eye? Why you have a big telephone pole in your own eye? That's what God tried to say. You have a big telephone pole in your eye, but you ignore your own telephone pole, and you have the religious Pharisee eyes with the magnifying glass 
and look at other people's problem and magnify it. And not only do you see other people's problem and criticize, you also say, "I gotta fix it for you." Why you cannot even fix your telephone pole in your own eyes yet, and you try to fix the problem for them? Don't do that. The Bible say, "Fix your own problem first by the power of God." Look at verses four and five. Or how can you say to your brother, "Let me get the tiny particle out of your eye"? In other words, I'm gonna fix your problem, your mistake, your sin. I'm gonna fix it. When there is the beam of timber in your own eye, you hypocrite, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. What does it mean? It means this. I examine myself. I see my own weaknesses. I know that I'm not perfect, and I come to the altar. I ask God, ask the fire of God to burn all this junk out of me. If you have been burned by the fire, you know it's a very humble experience. Sometimes you look like a mess. Your hair go out. You cry. Your mascara disappear. Your hairstyle disappear. God. Operate on you. How many people have gone to surgery before? It's a mess. Any surgery is a mess. They take your clothes off, if you, uh, and then put the catheter into your bladder, and they shave your hair, cut open. It's a mess. When God deal with your sin, it's like an operation. It's a mess. When you allow God to deal with you first, you're gonna come to the place of humility. You begin to realize that God. I cannot fix this problem myself. I need your grace. I need your power. I need the fire of God. You may know all the Bible, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, then you cannot fix it. So you come to God with a humble heart, and you realize that, oh, without God, I cannot be like this today. And with that experience and realization. Then you can turn to the brother who have a little particle in his eye and say, "You know, I really understand you. How tough to get rid of some sin and some bondage. I don't come to condemn you. I come to help you in gentleness and in love. I want to help you. You're gonna approach people with humility if you allow God to take the timber out of your eye or telephone pole out of your eye first instead of pointing finger and judging people." And condemn people. Amen. Take care of yourself first. Don't get into other pe- people' business right away. Look at Matthew chapter seven verse six. Continue to say, Matthew seven six. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and tear in tear you in pieces. You need to understand that when Jesus was talking or this scripture. Verse one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He did not come in with a different subject. A human being put the verse in the number on the verse. But when he was talking, is all connected. He was talking about don't judge, don't condemn. Talking about the telephone pole in your eye and the a little particle in somebody's eye. And then in verse six, he talked about don't give what is holy to the dogs. What does it mean here? Dogs and swines. Represent demonic spirit. Represent something that will bite you and kill you. And what is holy? What is holy? The holy thing in your life is your unconditional love that God gave to you. 
the faith, the wisdom, the word, the truth, the anointing. So Jesus said that don't touch other people, don't focus on the small particle of other people's eyes. And then he turned around, say in verse 6, don't give or don't throw the holy thing in front of the dogs and in front of the swine. Because if you throw that, they're going to trample on it, turn around and bite you. What does it mean? It means that the devil is going to come and try to tempt you not to love people anymore, not to think good about people. And if you listen to the devil, the dogs and the swine, you will eventually, if you listen, you throw the love of God out of you in front of them. And they will turn around and bite you to make you judgmental, hating people, criticize people. Don't throw the love of God out of your heart. Keep it. Love people. Don't judge people. Don't criticize people. For example, we may judge a member in the church. Oh, she doesn't come to care group. Oh, she's a, not a good Christian. That's you throw the love out in front of the devil and the devil buy you back with the critical thinking against that sister. But the Lord will ask you, you criticize that sister that she doesn't come to care group. Have you prayed for her? Have you helped her to clean the house so that she can have time to come to care group? It's easy to criticize. It's easy to judge. But it's not easy to pray for people. It's not easy to pull up your sleeve, run to that person's house, and clean up the house for that person. We should pray. We should ask God to continue to give us love for those people that you want to criticize. And realize that when we criticize others, we will be criticized as well. If we criticize people all the time, we will open the door for the judgment of God to come upon our life. It's interesting. Jesus continued to say the same like Isaiah chapter 58 a while ago. You remember when I read Isaiah 58? He said that if you want God to answer your prayer, what you need to do, help people and don't point finger, don't say bad things from your mouth, judging people. And look at verses 7 and 8 in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 1 to 6 talk about not criticize. And then not throw your love out to the devil to let him torture you. And then verses 7 to 8, he continued to say, if you don't do that, if you don't criticize, you don't judge people, Jesus promised, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking the door will be open. I believe when Jesus was speaking these sentences, he did not put verse 7 and 8 on. Number 7 and 8. It continued. He said, if you don't judge from verse 1 to verse 6, you love people, help people, your prayer will get answered. When you knock, the door will be open. When you ask, he will give it to you. The same thing like Isaiah chapter 58 a while ago. That's why many Christians never get answer from God. They say it's not fair. Why that guy pray, he get the answer. Why pray, don't get the answer. Maybe you have to check Monday to Saturday what you are speaking. What are you doing? I think it's a big miracle already if from this morning you wake up to now, you haven't complained and you haven't criticized anybody. It's a big miracle. Because 
complaining, gossiping, judging is a big problem of people's mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. You want your prayer to get answer? What you need to do? Sip your lips. Amen. Sip your lips. I want all of you to grow up spiritually. I want all of you to be mature. You can see maturity of people by looking at what they say. I'm serious. You sit down with somebody for a while. You can tell right away that person is mature or not by listening to that person say. You know why? Because everything that comes to the mouth comes from the heart. The Bible says, Matthew 12, verse 36, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account in the day of judgment. That's why we need the word and the Holy Spirit to come and cleanse our thoughts, our mind, burn all the junk out of our own heart so that we will not say idle words out of our mouth, say some bad things of our mouth because we're going to be judged on the last day. James chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, speaking in the same line as Matthew chapter 7 and Isaiah 58, looking what the Bible says. If anyone among you think he is religious, actually I want to change the word religious too. If anyone among you think that you have really strong relationship with God, you are spiritual people, and does not brittle his tongue, but deceive his own heart, this one's religion is useless. You may have title, pastor, leader, evangelist, care group leader, worship leader. You have title. You say, I'm so religious. I'm so spiritual. But if you don't watch your tongue, that title is useless in the eyes of God. You may be the head of a ministry in the church, but you say bad things all the time. You don't brittle your tongue. You know that the tongue is something that's very hard to tame. Only God can tame the tongue. That's what the Bible says. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to tame the tongue. And the Bible continues to say, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. My dear brothers and sisters, sound like God keeps saying the same thing again and again and again in the Bible that he doesn't look at the cross on your neck and the cross on your earring. He look at, number one, your mouth, what you say. And you're going to have to give account on your idle words on the last day. Second, he look at your lifestyle. Are you selfish? You're just thinking about my own saving, my own 401k. Or you are thinking about the needy, the orphans, the widows in the church, the poor. Are you having the heart of God to love and care for those who are in need. God is watching. God doesn't care about title in the church. God is watching your life, your words, and your action. The Bible talks about love walk here. One way to show love walk here is to watch your mouth. What you say about yourself. You know why you have to watch what you say about yourself? Because if you love yourself, you will not say bad things about yourself. Words have power of death and life. You say bad things about yourself, you're going to get it. Some people like to say bad things. I'm sick of this weather. I'm dying of this thing. 
I'm sick and tired. Sick and tired. That's why they're sick and tired. Because they keep saying, "I'm sick and tired." If you love yourself, watch your mouth. What you say about yourself. If you love God, listen carefully. How many people want to walk the love walk? Okay. If you love yourself, watch your mouth. What you say about yourself. If you love God, you need to watch your mouth. What you say about your circumstances. Why? Because if you start to complain and talk bad about your circumstances, you are slapping on the face of God. And say, I insult you. I don't believe in your promise in the Bible. You need to think this way. If you are such an influential man in the city, and somebody come to you and say, you know, I really need help, and you say, I promise you, I'm gonna send a check to you, two hundred dollars to help you pay that bill. And two minutes later, that person call you back. You know, I don't believe it. How do you feel? You feel insulted because you say it, you mean it. The same thing if we complain about our own circumstances. We are insulting God. That God, I believe you cannot help me. I believe that you just a liar. You don't keep your promise. You insulting God. And if you love other people, you need to be careful not to say bad things about other people behind their back. Called gossiping, judging, and critical. You see, the love walk definitely connect to your mouth what you say. We need to hear this message many times a year. Many times a year, I love you. That's why I preach this message. Matthew twelve thirty three to thirty four. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? You see the mouth and heart connection here. If you have bad heart. Your mouth gonna say bad things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. Look at verse 35. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things, and the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. But I tell you, on that day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word that they speak. You can see that you need to let the Lord clean your heart with His Word and with His Holy Spirit. Many divorces come from what people say, originated from how the husband say or the wife say something in the house. Many people lost their job because of what they say in the office, because you don't watch your mouth. Do you know that your word can build up a family or tear down a family? Your word can encourage or discourage. Your word can build up or tear down. If you notice, some people walk around with insecurity. They walk like this. They don't want to look at any other people's face. They feel insecure all the time. They're looking for acceptance and looking for people to love them. They tend to seek for recognition. They have insecurity in their heart. You know, a lot of people walk in security because when they were growing up. Their parents say something wrong toward them all the time, and they grow up in security. You can see whatever you say in your house, whatever you say in your work, in your family, in your marriage will really impact people around you. I want to encourage all of you today: step up to a higher place. That from now on, you can control your mouth, what you say, every single minute. 
control your mouth. No man can tame your tongue. Only God can tame your tongue. And only if you surrender to God and let God take care of you and let God control you. Don't produce idle conversation. Some people sit with friends in a church and sit and just blast out, say this and that, idle things all the time just to fill the air and kill the time. Talk, 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 idle things. And they destroy the relationship. Destroy their own life by saying a lot of stupid things. I want to say that. A lot of stupid things come out from people's mouth and destroy their relationship. Wow, everyone loved this sermon very much. Don't gossip. Don't judge. Don't criticize. Don't repeat negative story of somebody else. Yeah, I have something to tell you. I want to tell you something about that person. In fact, love covers the multitudes of sin. Don't expose other people's sin and mistakes. Cover them up. Don't talk to people around you. Don't tell people around you that it's gossiping. When you talk about the mistake of another person to the person that's not involved at all, you are gossiping. Do you notice one thing about human nature? And I believe you agree with me. We all love to tell something. And we all love to know something about somebody else. What, 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 what? Oh, really? Oh, I have something to tell you. This is happening. We love to tell something. And sometimes that happens in the church. You come to the prayer meeting. Brothers, that brother has a problem. Can we pray for that brother? And this is the problem. One, two, three, four. <laughs> and you use prayer as a religious, spiritual excuse to gossip about somebody. Every time you're going to talk about somebody's mistakes to pray for, you need to, in your heart, to stand before God. God, I am sincere. I'm not here to gossip. I really mean it to pray for that person. But if you check your heart, if you really talk about it, just want to tell somebody and use the prayer as your excuse, don't do it. Amen? Don't use prayer meeting to be a gossiping place, period. You can judge sin, but don't judge people. A lot of judgments come in through personal opinions. Oh, you do that way, I do this way, you're wrong. It's a personal opinion. It's not what the Bible says. You don't check with the Bible. I give you an example. Oh, I get this all the time. People come to me in my meeting. Why you do that? My church doesn't have lay hand. You lay hand. This is wrong. Did they check with the Bible? That's personal opinion about what you see in another church. Don't do that. Don't use your personal opinion to judge somebody that they are wrong. Look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 2. Romans 14, 1 to 2. As for the man who is a weak believer, welcome him into your fellowship, but not to criticize. Everyone say, not to criticize. His opinions or past judgment or on his scruples or perplexed him with discussion. One man's faith permit him to believe he may eat anything. Why a weaker one limits his eating to vegetables. Paul talking about judging each other in the church about eating. We don't have that today. We don't judge each other in the church today whether you eat this and that in America that much, especially in our church. But Paul tried to say that for me, I eat the food that offered to idols. I have faith. I don't worry about it. 
but I will not judge people who don't have enough faith to eat food offered to idol that they are weak Christian. I cannot judge them. And the same way, those who don't eat food that offer to idol cannot judge people who eat that they are sinning against God. So that's what Paul tried to say here. He used the issue of eating food to talk about not judging people. But many times, the issue that we judge people is between man and God, not between you and them. Look at what the Bible says, Romans chapter 14, verses 3 to 4. I'm almost done with judging, and then I will continue next time. Let not him who eats look down on or despise him who abstain, and not let him who abstain criticize and pass judgment on him who eats. For God has accepted and welcomed him. Who are you? Who are you to pass judgment on and censor another household servant? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he shall stand and be upheld for the master or the Lord is mighty to support him and make him stand. I remember one time I heard people criticize a minister in America. That minister always teach about faith and healing. And I heard people criticize me that, oh, I listened to his CD. He talked about the same thing again and again about the file of God. I want to tell you, it's not your business to criticize that man if he talked about healing and faith. Because it's business between him and God. And it's not any one business to criticize me that I talk about the file of God because it's business between me and God. Amen. Can you imagine if your neighbor come and knock on your door? And you open the door and you say, you know, I don't like the servant that you have. Uh, fortunately, you are making a lot of money. So you can have household servant in America. And they clean your house, they cook for you, and walk in and say, I don't like your servant. The way your servant clean the house, the way your servant cook for you. How are you going to answer? Get out of here. It's not your business. I am the one who pay her or him. The same thing with God. When you criticize somebody, what they're doing with God, God's going to say to you, please don't get involved. This is not your business. That is the calling of God in his life. Don't judge him. Don't judge anyone. Don't criticize anyone. It's not godly. The Bible says in verse 13, Let us no more criticize and blame and pass judgment on one another, but rather decide and endeavor never to put a stumbling block or an obstacle or a hindrance in the way of a brother. So in other words, conclusion today, don't pass judgment, don't criticize. We need to live our own life correctly before God, not to be an obstacle to anybody. We have no right to judge anybody, but we have responsibility our own life not to be an obstacle or stumbling block to anybody. That's all we need to do. Amen? Amen. <sighs> Heavy message today. I have not finished yet. I have still a lot in here talking about words that we should be careful. Everyone say, no gossiping, no judging, no criticizing, no passing judgments. It's not my business. 
It's not my job. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many people repent of this issue and say, God, please tame my tongue and help me raise your hand up. I need to do that too. Amen. Next time we're going to learn something else about our words and we will grow up together. How many people want to grow up? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me ask this question quickly before we close the service and pray for people. Is there anyone in this room that is not sure that if you leave this world, if you die today, you will make it to heaven? If you're not sure, or some of you may say, I accepted Jesus many years ago, but I have been cold. My love for God has been cold. I don't walk with God on a daily basis. I don't go to church on a weekly basis. Today I want to come back home. I want to walk with God. I want to make sure that my salvation is secure. If I leave this world, I will make it to heaven. If you are those people, I'd like you to pray with me and ask God to help you to walk with Him, to make sure that you are saved. How many people are sure that you will go to heaven? Raise your hand up. You have salvation. Raise high. I believe if I ask you, how many people want a million dollars? I don't think you're going to raise your hand this way. You raise this way. Is that right? <laughs> how many people want a million dollars? Raise your hand up. A million dollars. Oh, wow, so quickly. How many people want to make sure you will go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Raise high. How many people say, I want to walk with God faithfully from today on? Raise your hand up. Keep your hand up and pray with me. Father in heaven, I come back home today. I make daily decision, Lord, to have Jesus in my life as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Give me a new heart. Give me the power, the grace to serve you and to follow you all the days of my life. Wake me up on Sunday morning so that I can come to church. Give me desire to go to the fellowship group, to read the Bible, to serve you all the days of my life. I commit my life to you today. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Praise God. Let's give the mighty hand of praise to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You learned something today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name.
Your glory. 